Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Why did the little Egyptian ghost cry? I don't know. Why? She wanted her mummy. Aww. It's spell power. Paranormal Comedy Podcast. That's Sasha. I'm Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I even pointed at you. I know. And I still, still got it, it wrong. wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I still got it wrong. <laughs> this is both Sasha and Courtney. I don't know who I am. Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it's it. It's fine. You can find us, as always, on Instagram and Twitter at SpoopHour. And you can also communicate with us via email, SpoopHour at gmail.com. When you're listening to this, we're fresh off of live stream for the cares. So we're not going to plug that right now, but thanks we hope, for joining us. Thanks for joining us. We hope you joined us. We hope that we did a good job. Yes, we hope that we, we raised no some fucking money. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> I'm going to try and record it for, if nothing else, the sake of my mom, who lives in a different time zone than me, and it would be somewhat early for her to get up on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I will try and record it so you can listen to it. We'll but find a way. We'll figure it out. We have a week to figure it out. <laughs> no, we have negative three days, Sasha. Because it's not this kind of... It's the following. Yeah, following. T- I know. Time travel. I'm, I'm saying that we currently, yes, we in do. this timeline, have We have a exactly week. one week. Yeah. But and instead of figuring it out, we're just going to eat these fucking... Sasha brought home the hazelnut spread M&Ms. Mm-hmm. And you guys, holy fuck. They're really good. They're jumbo-sized M&Ms. They're very large and they're full of Nutella. They're really good. It's very good. Yeah. And it, it legitimately tastes like Nutella. It's very good. A lot of the time, stuff that's like... It's Nutella, and it's like, no, it's cheap mm-hmm. chocolate. This is not. They call this hazelnut spread. Anyway, did anything spooky happen to you since we last recorded slash this week? Um, so, not anything, like, super spooky, but today, I had to exercise a demon out of my boyfriend's fiancé. <laughs> I was um, like, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I, I like, fiancé, my fiancé. <laughs> Beyonce. Um... <laughs> You're Beyonce, yes. I'm out of my Beyonce's shower. I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't have said that. Beyonce, if you're listening, no. I apologize. She's amazing. He's he's a nice person. But, but she's amazing. let's not use Beyonce's yeah. name. So my fiance, yeah. So, so, so that guy. So that guy from Pop Culture Bento. Whoever um, the fuck his name whoever is. Whoever the fuck his name is. So <laughs> he's had this problem with his shower that I've been trying to crack, like, for the last... Jeez. Like, we're coming up on probably, like... Like, eight or nine months. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And it's been this thing of, like... It's too long for a shower problem. Yeah. Well, it's been, like, just manageable, oh. right? And so he's, like, yeah, I don't care. Like, he's very... Like, he's, like, really easygoing about that. And I've just been taking to, like... He has, like, this big bathtub spout faucet. I've been, like, just Getting showering, out. like, that what way. What does but the shower do? It doesn't drain fast. It's just a slow-draining thing right okay and we've tried everything we've tried harsh chemicals we've tried <laughs> nat- natural remedies we've tried everything 
Did you try asking it nicely? I've I've stuck things into it <laughs> to try to like pull stuff out. Like I've done everything that I can do to the shower, and then finally, I went and bought a plunger. Yay! And that did it. But sucked that ghost out by its ass. <laughs> I sucked it out by its ass. So I ran the shower for like five minutes, and Jack is watching the water level like creep up. And he's like, "I think you need to stop it." I was like, "No, I'm just going to do it for five minutes. Like it's going to happen." So finally, I stopped Damn it. Damn the torpedoes! And nothing, like nothing happens, right? It's like still just sitting there. Sure. And so I take out the plunger that we bought from Bed Bath and Beyond today, and I. Stick it over the spot, like over the drain, and I just start going to town, and then finally lift it up, and it makes the most heinous noise, like I just ripped something soul out, and all of a sudden, you just see this like, you know, the water tornado, whoosh, and then it just all drains, and then I ran the shower again, and everything was gone, so it just took me listening to a very scary noise, (laughs) but I exercised something from that shower. I hope you burned some white sage so it didn't follow you here and i'm just like all right there we go i can't believe it was as simple as just taking a plunger to it but here we are here we are it was a very unsettling noise but it's, it's you survived done. it yep and the we I, I ran i ran the water for a while and just like watched it just like very nicely drain into the thing and i was like i don't know what happened but, but it finally happened that's fine yeah that's so it's good yeah congratulations yeah. yeah i exercised a giant demon like a physical demon from his uh, bathroom sink. Oh, I was expecting it to uh, be from your butt. Yes, uh, like daily. Yeah. yeah, but I exercised a physical demon out of his sink three weeks ago. Wow. Which, or maybe maybe before I went to Disney, it's like a month ago. Okay. And that was pretty gross and spooky. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, this is before I we even got engaged." I was like, <laughs> "I am doing this because I like you." <laughs> Not not because I enjoy it, but because I appreciate you. This has to be done. I was like, I love and appreciate you. This sink is disgusting. I'm going to destroy whatever fell into it. And And it was like pulling a dead animal. Like it wasn't really a dead animal, but it like the thing that came out of it looked like like something had died in the sink. Gross. Yep. Yeah. Did anything spooky happen to you? You sent me a weird text message. Yes. So yesterday, I was doing some baking in Mm -hmm. our kitchen. That's traditionally where I do my best baking. Not in the bathroom? No. No? I do my worst baking in the bathroom. It still happens, but it's not great. Like fudgy? Yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You said that thing earlier about about, nuts. Yeah, that's true. This is our grossest episode ever. Just kidding. We've had grosser. So... I was largely like around the oven and stove because I was doing a very involved frosting recipe because mm-hmm. it's for our friend's wedding next year. I'm trying to figure out a vegan fucking buttercream. And I think I figured it out. But it involved a lot of like stovetop mm-hmm. time and being around that part of the kitchen. Well, I was home alone all day yesterday. Today I was home alone up until briefly our mysterious third roommate came home and then you came home shortly mm-hmm. thereafter. But for most, the most part, I have been the only person in this house. And this is an important detail because today I went, because I ran the dishwasher yesterday and I went to go empty it and this rattled me so bad I did not empty the dishwasher. There was a mug on the counter. Mm-hmm. And it's the someone's head is going to roll for oh, this. Oh, the Alice in Wonderland mug. Alice in Wonderland yeah. mug. Yeah. Which, that's not scary. That's a mug that we have. Except I'm pretty sure that mug wasn't on the counter yesterday. I left a Alice in Wonderland mug on the counter after we recorded Spoop Hour. Okay. Um, so I just missed to, it? Next to my tea, the teapot and, like, my tea 
yeah, station? Kinda, yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I left it there because <laughs> okay. I forgot to put it in the dishwasher. Somehow I missed that. Oh, the God. entire time I spent in the kitchen yesterday, I was like, this mug wasn't out yesterday. Oh, God. So I was just like staring at it and I was like, I have no explanation for this. And I'm like, maybe I just didn't notice it, but like I was... That was where I was in the kitchen when I wasn't at oh my God. stand mixer. Oh, God. On Friday when we recorded the, the news episode, oh, I was yeah. drinking out of the, that mug. Oh. And I left it on the counter. <laughs> oh, you Chekhov's gunned me. I Chekhov's gunned you. But it was you. an Alice in Wonderland mug. Yeah, like, cause I, I was like, I would have noticed that this mug was here because I would have, like, been like, oh, I should move this so I don't break it while I'm over here yeah. doing all this shit. But oh, no. Somehow I just... friend and no, it's okay. I left my shit everywhere. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just somehow... I scared you. It occupied a, like, blind spot in my eye and in my brain because I did not see it, it yesterday. And yeah. I was all up, like, right. to the point where, like, something boiled over on the stove and I was, like, cleaning that area. Yeah. And somehow still, still missed, missed it. it. So oh my, my brain just doesn't work. Don't feel bad. It's okay. I get blind... Weird... Not mental blind spots, but just, like... You know, you peripheral vision. Stuff. Yeah, well, stop seeing stuff with the peripheral vision thing in this house sometimes where I'll think I saw, like, a person. Oh, yeah, that was all last night, too. Yeah. I just, I don't know what it was. I didn't consume any spooky media because I was like, I'm going to be alone all this day, so I can't. It's pretty like... much every time I leave the bathroom, I always think that there's a person in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. I came up the stairs. We have and a mysterious ghost roommate. <laughs> we sure do. I went to let our mysterious third roommate's cat out of her bedroom because mm-hmm. I was going to go in for the night. So I'm like, it's only fair that you have the house now. And like, as I opened the door, I thought I saw a person standing in front of my door, but there wasn't anybody there. So that's the spooky thing that happened to Isn't me. it fun? I bet all of our listeners love hearing us about us like always being scared of our house. <laughs> and they're like, you live there. What Even the though fuck, objection, guys? Objectively, this is a very nice this house. This is a lovely house. I'm sure it's not haunted. Please take note, ghosts. If the only thing it's haunted by is whoever is living in our attic. That's fine. No longer the toilet ghost. No longer the toilet ghost. That got could, banished. Could Except it be for, the attic ghost. Did I tell you the full story of what happened with the toilet we no longer can use? No. So, in this house, there are four toilets. Which is a lot for three people. It's a lot. <clears throat> Essentially, at least one of them was like a guest-exclusive toilet. But it's lovely. It's nice to have more toilets than you need. Right. For when you have people over, because then everybody can pee at the same time, whatever. Exactly. Nobody has to pee in sinks or anything disgusting like that. Ugh. Mm. Anyway, so we have four toilets in this house. We... The downstairs one, the one closest to where we record... In our podsmint. In our podsmint. I had noticed when my mom came to visit and stayed in the podsmint... The toilet was flushing weird. Like, it was mm-hmm. running occasionally, but mostly it was just, like, really sluggishly flushing. Yeah. This is about, like, six months after we moved into the house. Yeah, this was this was, this was was back in November that I started noticing it. And then Christy, our friend who lives in Australia, she was in the podsmit for a mm-hmm. while, and the toilet was also being a little finicky with her. And I think someone said that it was being, like, a little silly. They were like, oh, I was trying... I couldn't figure out your toilet for a minute, like, when we had the yeah. English department party here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just been a little off yeah so i kept not doing anything about it and then finally i got sick of my toilet running all the goddamn time and scaring the shit out of me so i was like i'll just call a plumber and then when they're here they can also look at this two toilet. birds one stone exactly we'll two just toilets do- one stone two toilets one plumber and so the plumber came and the first plumber because we had to have two plumbers out here because of other shenanigans was like both toilets are just fundamentally broken and need to be fully replaced bye-bye and i was like that seemed i'm pretty sure you just need to fix this part of mine but yeah. whatever and then the second plumber came, oh, that was what prompted when it was finally, like, I was getting sick of my toilet running all the time. Mm-hmm. 
But what happened was our mysterious third roommate was doing laundry, which is directly next to this toilet. And she was like, oh, I have to use the bathroom. I'll just use this one because it's right here. She went into the bathroom and she opened the lid of the toilet and bugs flew out of it like a swarm of insects. And so she texted me like, what the fuck? Basically, we think that there was a time it didn't flush all the way and whoever used it last didn't know. And since we don't use it a ton, we weren't aware. But whatever was left behind attracted insects. So like a fucking demon from the great beyond, it just spewed bugs at our poor third roommate. And then she was like, this is unacceptable. And I was like, I'm calling the plumber now. I'm so sorry. So that toilet is just, it's old. It's no, and in the plumber's terms, it's no longer powerful enough to flush. <laughs> so It does not have the power. It does not have the power. So that's, that's fucking fine. So toilet ghosts. Toilet ghosts. Anyway, what are we talking about today, Sasha? Not toilets. Not toilets. Probably but should I, be. I'm like still thinking about this, like. Yeah, there's only three of us, and we usually just use our, like, the kitchen bathroom, mm-hmm. or your bedroom bathroom, or the or bathroom the that, in the hallway upstairs, Like, the proper right? full, the proper full we bathrooms. We have two half baths, two full baths. Usually we use the full baths, and then occasionally we use the half bath by yeah. the kitchen. I feel like a house only, I mean, depending on, like, how many full baths you have, like, how many people are living in your house, mm-hmm. like, one half bath is adequate for an entire house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, that's what we did at our last place. We had Ew. two full baths and one, one half, half bath, bath, and it was fine. And it was totally fine. This and is more just, like, a luxury bathroom so that, like, when people stay in our basement, it's like, you don't, don't have, have to go, go up all the, the stairs. Upstairs. Yeah. Just one set. So it's like, I feel bad that we've neglected this one bathroom. This is also the bathroom where last summer I was cutting a cosplay yes. wig, and <laughs> I forgot to, I didn't, I left without cleaning. <laughs> and I and opened the door she opened the door, the and there's just, like... And orange hair and a head in the sink. I thought it was, like, a person crouching next to the sink, and I just, like, immediately closed the door, and I was like, well, that's not a rational Yeah, I, I, had to, I had to leave in the middle of, like, working on the wig, and so I left the wig with its head mold and was, all of the orange hair everywhere. It was fucking something. And it looked like I had done something bad. I, I genuinely um, processed it as someone is crouching next to the sink, so it wasn't like, oh, no, blood scene everywhere. It was like... Oh Someone my god, in someone's the in the bathroom waiting. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna walk backwards so and face It's a cursed fucking bathroom. It's a cursed bathroom. Is what it is. And I don't know why we keep trying to make it a functioning non-cursed bathroom, but here we are. Anyway, I think we just put a sign on it that says caution, <laughs> use at own risk. <laughs> cursed. Cursed. Sink is okay, probably. <laughs> the sink is great, yeah. Yeah, that's sink, yeah. That's sink, yeah. So great. Yeah. Okay, anyway. so we're talking about... Not just, well, today when we're recording it, it, it is Mother's Day, so it that's is. part of that mummy That mummy joke, joke is appropriate. Yeah, happy belated Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day. But, more importantly, we're talking about Egypt. Egypt. Ancient Egypt, Egypt specifically, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not doing any, like, modern Contemporary, Egypt yeah. I will say that there was one time before I was born, so probably, like, 1980, in the late 80s, uh-huh. 1985 or 86, my mom okay. went to Egypt with nice. another one of her friends, because um, they worked for an airline. I was going to say, could, wasn't your mom a flight attendant or something? Uh, she, she was the ground staff, oh, okay. but, um, like, the, the desks checking in and all that. Still got the flight um, But she still gets the bonuses, and so she and her friend, uh, who also worked at the desks, they went to Egypt, and... 
she said that it was really cool. Like, they got to go see, you know, all of the um, historic sites and mm-hmm. da, da 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 But, like, the part that always sticks out to me is when she was waiting in line at the airport, like, trying to get through customs and everything. And they were just in a standstill for a very long time, like, stuck basically in a liminal space. Oh. And when they asked an airport employee, like, how long do you think, like, this will take? He said, only Allah knows. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like... Well, <laughs> so that's the part that always sticks out to me. Not the pyramids, not all the, like, no. the historic stuff. Just like Only my mom was stuck in, a, stuck in a liminal space. I love <laughs> it. And then form. that man just burst and turned into a bunch of moths. <laughs> and just disappeared. <laughs> and just bugs everywhere, everywhere. flying He's, out of the toilet. It's just like it's just like that movie, The Mummy. Yes. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. What a great film. What a great film that didn't need to be remade with um, that fucking know, short Cruise, guy that with fucking the Scientology. cult asshole. You know the original, like not the original original mummy, yeah. obviously, but the Brendan Fraser one is yeah. twenty years old this year. That's Isn't it upsetting? Upsetting. I saw a feature. It was in like some magazine, and they were like twenty years of the mummy, and I was like, God damn it! Why you gotta make shit like that up? There's, <sighs> the, uh, it breaks my brain. <laughs> I like, don't love it when I when I think about like oh you know 1990 was ten years ago. Yeah, oh, no, same. Absolutely was they, not. For I'm sure wasn't. You're gonna be thirty <laughs> next year. <laughs> I'm gonna be thirty in October, but I'm like. Yeah, 1990, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, we're basically I, dead. Did you yeah. see that thing that I'd retweeted from the yes. Super account that was um, like, when we're 31, we can be Baba, Baba Yaga. Yaga? I'm so, so excited. We're, 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 we're so close we're to being so Baba Yaga. We're so close to Baba Yaga. We just got to make it two more years. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but we can try. We can try. All I, right. I will welcome you to Baba Yaga-ness. Yes. I'll, I'll we'll warm have a Baba it up Yaga party. Yes, everyone comes as Baba Yaga. <laughs> Yes. I'll build myself a cardboard house and then get like those like leggings that look like chicken, chicken legs <laughs> and then I'll just like wear my little house and have my chicken feet and it's oh gonna be fucking God. great I've genuinely considered doing that as a Halloween costume that would it's be a really good Halloween right? costume right where like where like somebody goes as the house somebody goes as Baba Yaga perfect Jack can be your house exactly because he's tall and he can have chicken legs and he can have chicken legs he'd be great at having chicken legs he doesn't listen to this podcast so it doesn't fucking matter who should I be for Halloween if you're Baba Yaga I'm sure Baba Yaga has friends. You could always be my house. I could always be your house. Or I could be, like, one of those, like, white ladies. Ooh, lady yeah. Lady in white, lady yeah, in black, lady in red. <laughs> lady in red. Um, anyway, ancient anyway. Egyptian spoop. The other day I was listening to New Yorker Radio Hour, and I yeah. can't remember what the segment was I was listening to, but they were talking about this, like, singer and the, the, the song, and they were talking about all the illusions in it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know... She's facing away in the coffin, which means she killed herself. And a lady in white came to her, him in the night, and that's you know like her as a ghost. And then mm-hmm. there's something else about her, like him going to be with her. And I was like, this is spooky, and I completely forgot about that until now. Nice. I'm trying to see if Baba Yaga has any friends. I could be Momo the fart monster. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. We just everybody goes as a fucking cryptid or spooky thing. Mm. Love it. Or it's like mummy. I'll just wrap myself. There you go. Paper. Yeah. I'm yeah. really good at speed wrapping people in toilet paper. <laughs> so, there we go. So, Egyptian spoop. Yes. So, ancient Egypt. It was a time and a place. And it was one of my favorite things oh, to study fuck. in elementary school. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot this part. I have a featured creature. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I feel like this transition is awkward. I feel like I had a better transition. And then I opened up my phone, which in fact does not have my notes, but has featured creature pulled up on it. And I was like, God damn it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. So, we'll be talking about ancient Egypt today. 
But before that... To introduce the topic, I have a featured creature. I'm sure you're surprised. I'm so surprised. This is the first time you've ever heard of such a thing happening on this day. I've never... Never heard of a future creature before today. Nope. And this is the first one we've ever done, and this is the first take we've done of it. Whoop, whoop. Plot twists on plot twists. All right, so Very shout out. twisty. So twisty. Go see P- Detective Pikachu. My stupid boyfriend went to visit his grandma for Mother's Day in Williamsburg and can't see Detective Pikachu until next weekend. So I have to see it next weekend. I won't tell you about it. I know, but I, seeing your tweets, I was like, I, I was it. like, seeing your tweets was. I texted him and I was like, it's supposed to be good. My new display name on Twitter is, is Pikachu, Pikachu has, has a knife. knife. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I, I saw like Pikachu has a knife. Retweeted this and I was like, I bet this is Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> I clicked on it. And I was like, okay. Yep. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yes. Welcome to Africa. While I'm not from Egypt, I do live on the same continent, so that's that's kind of <laughs> close. It's a really small continent, so they're basically all the same place. It's very large. <laughs> very large, very different. The second biggest continent, but I, whatever. I learned where Angola was this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's in Africa. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, it's by this country. No, you mean just like the continent itself. <laughs> I, just, I didn't even know where in the world Angola was. Bless. Because geography has failed us. I mean, we we are the victims of our American school education. <laughs> anyway, I hail from Richtersveld, a desert mountainous region in South Africa. Don't worry about how far South Africa is from Egypt. I tried to find Egyptian cryptids, and they were all just, like, not cryptids. They were, like, mythological cool things. Gods and everything. And I was like, I yep. don't want to do that. Anyway, I'm from Richtersveld, and I have been around since the days of the primordial soup. As the legends of my origin go, when the gods were new to making stuff, they made a grave error in judgment and gave me incredible strength, terrible cunning, and smarts out the wazoo. This combination of features made me and my kind too powerful, so they decided to split those characteristics into separate creatures, specifically elephants and snakes, because I have the head of an elephant and the body of a snake. So they were like, let's just chip chop, brand new animals, huzzah. No, too, not too much power concentrated in one thing. Right. But while they were chippity-chopping all of my buddies, I got away and I wasn't split. Instead, I retreated to a diamond-filled cave that is either referred to as the bottomless pit or the wonder hole. Guess which one is my favorite label? <laughs> the wonder hole is when I Don't worry call my it. butt. <laughs> I did not expect it to be your butt. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be your beautiful eyes. That's not what I thought it was. My hockey mitt. (laughs) God damn it. I'm a big fan of warm rivers and lakes and gemstones of any variety, but especially diamonds. I mean, aren't we all? I mean... As long as they're ethically sourced. Yes, and trust me, these are. Yeah. Because I spend my days waiting for elephants to wander into my wonder hole. (laughs) Yes, I put wonder hole in this as many times as I possibly could, because I really enjoyed it. Yes. At which point... I will eat them. But I'm not picky. I'll eat any human foolish enough to wander into my wonder It'll hole, It'll eat too. an entire elephant? Yeah, it will. Does it eat it one bite at a time? That's how you gotta do it, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling this episode one, one bite, bite at a time. time. <laughs> if you do end up in my clutches, you can try and bargain for your life with any gems you have, but that doesn't always work because I like to think I have to have ethically sourced gems. As English diamond magnate Peter Grayson can attest, he disappeared in South Africa in 1917, and some members of his party emerged from the expedition covered in wounds, prompting speculation that I ate Peter Grayson and attacked the rest of his party. Sounds sounds legit. Yeah, I'm just like, 
uh, unethically sourced diamonds. You're gonna use slave labor. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the bargaining chips as diamonds kind of reminded me of the the gin, oh, where yeah. it was like you get to decide how, how you, you die. die. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need some help guessing what I am? You're some kind of marvelous diamond monster. I sure am. You're sparkly. I'm the wonder hole. You're the wonder hole. Okay, so here's how we're going to get to guess. Think of the tree from Marvel. Groot. Now think of casual words that are often region specific. Groot, y'all. No, 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 no. The category of what y'all at Groot, y'all. Oh, slang? Yes, now combine those. Groot slang. I'm Groot slang. What the fuck? Groot, (laughs) y'all. Howdy, y'all. I'm from South Africa. I'm Groot, (laughs) y'all. I am Groot, y'all. I'm Groot, y'all. It's the Southern remake of Groot. (laughs) The Guardians of the Galaxy remake set in Alabama. I'm Groot, (laughs) y'all. God damn it. Groot, y'all. Groot, y'all. You ready to see a picture of me? Yes, please. Groot, y'all. That's me. Hello. What the fuck? It looks like the alien from Alien. It sure does. What the... Howdy. Fuck, it's like a basilisk, but with the head from Alien and, like, an elephant nose? Yeah, elephant nose and tusks. But hanging out on its chin because its mouth is above the elephant tusk. What the yeah. fuck? Don't worry about it, buddy. That's not You got any fuel. ethically soulish diamonds for me? Get out of my house. Get out of my wonder <laughs> Get out of y'all. my Y'all. Get out of my wonder hole, y'all. <laughs> and that's the Groot slang feature. Oh, God. So. <laughs> Groot, y'all. I just love that that was immediately where you went. Like, <laughs> Groot, y'all. I think I, I, feel, I feel so dumb because I didn't understand the definition. <laughs> no, Casual okay. words. I was afraid you were going to go, like, dialect or something like that. No, I was, I was, no, no, you, you went You, you went expect You sp- expect more out of me than I do. <laughs> I'm Groot, y'all. <laughs> Groot, y'all. Anyway, what are you going to talk about with ancient Egypt? I'm going to be talking about creatures who are specific, or monsters or creatures specifically from ancient Egypt, but mostly our mythical creatures and, you know, the things that we were like, that's not really a cryptid. That's no, like that's like a important to your culture. Thing, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in the, this list comes from Thought Company and and also per Courtney's recommendation. Um, so basically we we through our elementary school education and probably world history one mm-hmm. in high school, we know, you know, some of the basics. So we've all heard of like Anubis, right? Mm-hmm. And we've heard about uh, I can't think of anyone. No, that's it. That's Anubis. all. It's just Anubis. Anubis. Or um, in pop culture, you know, you s- there there will be people like or the 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 mythological creatures or gods where you see you recognize them on site. Yeah. Right? So you know the one that looks like a dog, the yeah. one that looks like a bird, the one that looks like Another a cat. Thing. You know, <laughs> I've been obsessed with Hatshepsut for Hatshepsut fucking yeah. twenty years. I'm so old. Oh my god, I got obsessed with Hatshepsut when the money mummy came out. I'm yeah, so right. Old. And even in like pop culture, so not just not just you know the mummy, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like when we were little, they like unearthed King Tut's tomb and like there was a big thing. Yeah, right? and well, there were a bunch of like ancient Egyptian expeditions that involved like going underwater into like mm-hmm. parts of the pyramids that were flooded. And so there was a lot of like. There was a a lot of like hype about that when we were growing up, and so in even in like Persona Five, for yeah. example, there's an entire ancient Egypt like level where one of the characters feels like her bedroom, her home, her entire life is like a tomb, and she's gonna be stuck there forever. Mm-hmm. And you do see Isis, you see Anubis, you see Seth, and what uh, Amon Ra. 
and Ammon and um, <laughs> and and Thoth and Horus and like just a lot of a lot of our um, the the ones that you're familiar with. But yeah. other creatures include Amit, the devourer of the dead. Um, nom nom. Um, nom nom. That's nom, very nom. equal, e- equal friendly, eco friendly. Eco friendly. Yes. Yeah, it has the, the head of a lo- crocodile and the cool. four limbs of a lion and the hind limbs of a hippopotamus. How does it walk? It's still like on four legs, okay, right? The front, like, the front like, is a lion, and the back side is like a hippo booty. Are they are they shorter lion legs? It, I feel it, like pra, hippos have stumpier pra, legs than lions. Maybe, or maybe yeah. they're just really long hippo legs. I'm sorry. Well, we'll I don't see. mean to poop on yeah. the portrayal Put of this person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Amit is the personification of man-eating predators, so feared by ancient Egyptians. Cool. Basically, after a person dies, the Egyptian god Anubis weighed the deceased's heart on a scale mm-hmm. against a single feather from mutt. And if the heart was found wanting, it would be devoured by Amit, and the individual soul would be cast for eternity into a fiery limbo. Hell yeah. Ooh. If you've ever read American Gods by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. um, which is now a Stars TV series, but apparently there's all kinds of like backstage drama. Hmm. That's, just, that's why it's taken forever for season two to come out. But there is a scene in which the main character has his heart weighed against the feather. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. It's very good. There's Apep, the enemy of light, which sounds like someone from Kingdom Hearts. I was going to say, that's me with a migraine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the right. enemy of light. The enemy of light. This is also the arch enemy of Maat, the, uh, Maat, the goddess of truth, um, okay. who was the one who is weighing the... The hearts. The hearts, right? Yes. Oh, say no, the heart. Sorry, it's the feather. The feather is from Maat. Oh, against, okay. Yeah, so there so we the go. pure feather. Yeah, the pure feather. So Apep is a giant mythological snake. That stretched for 50 feet from head to tail. And there's, you know, fossil evidence that those are very real. Yes, I'm Groot, y'all. Yeah, I'm Groot, (laughs) y'all. But basically, every morning, the Egyptian sun god Ra engaged in a heated battle with Apep, coiled below the horizon, and could only shine its light after vanquishing his foe. So every dang day, it's a fight with Apep. I will say, so we had, when was... Our eclipse was what, last year, two years ago? Oh, God, it was like probably three years ago. Oh, God, we're so old. It's been a while. It's been a while. Anyway, we had a complete solar eclipse in the United States. Not too long ago. Not too terribly long ago. And when my work went out to look at it, I was the only one who had eclipse glasses, so I've never been more popular in my life. (laughs) But what I noticed was when the eclipse started, because obviously it takes a second for the moon to get all the way in front of it. When the moon starts to go, it does kind of look like somebody has taken a bite out of the sun. Yeah. So it's like, no wonder the Egyptians used to think that a snake ate the sun, because that's what it fucking looks like. Right? So, one yeah. bite at a time. One bite at a time. There's Bennu, the bird of fire, which is me. Um, <laughs> that's not a And it's mood. an ancient source of the phoenix myth. Nice. And the, the bird Bennu was a familiar of Ra. And also the animating spirit in uh, that powered creation in one version of like a creation story. Solid. Let's see. There's El Nada, the siren of the Nile. Okay. She's nude. Get it, girl. Nuda. Um, <laughs> basically, she's like a cross between Little Mermaid and a siren from the Greek myth, and also the creepy girl from Ring movies. Nice. <laughs> so she, hers is not necessarily like as super ancient as like, ancient Egypt, but she mm-hmm. was also still included in, like, stories from um, the past century uh, in rural Egypt by okay. a, about a woman with a beautiful voice that calls by name to men walking the banks of the Nile. Uh-oh. And when they're desperate to get a look at this enchanting creature, the bewitched victim will veer closer and closer to the water until he falls or is dragged and drowns. Oop. Yeah. Some people think of her as maybe a, cl- uh, a classic djinn. 
Right? Where she doesn't give any shits about humans. Good for her. The griffin, as well, could be traced back to ancient Egypt. They're saying there's some... The the beast is mentioned within ancient uh, Egyptian and ancient Iranian texts. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a type of chimera, kind of like Amit, right? Where it's got the head and wings and talons of an eagle, but Uh on a lion's body, right? So, and then, so that was one chimera. There's also the sepapard, the harbinger of chaos. Um, (laughs) That's me. They haven't been able to necessarily get an ancient name from texts. They've just been calling it a sepapard because it's kind of like a serpent, but also a leopard. Oh, is that the thing with the super long neck? Yeah, yep. So okay. it's another chimera, right? I, you with, can't see it. I'm doing it with my hands. Yeah, it's got it's got the <laughs> yeah, yeah, serpent heads guy. with the leopard body. Love it. I like to think that they do like that one bird where it like shoots its neck out. Yep. I like to think that that's what they do too. So they look like a normal cat and then their neck just goes shoop. <laughs> yep. Um, so those, uh, again, like chimeras are going to be very, very like common within yeah. this. There's the sphinx. Hey. We know about the sphinx. I love the sphinx. I love what, the what's... riddles. Oh, God. I saw this was years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to misquote it. Someone wrote essentially a poem about the riddle of the Sphinx, which is, you know, what walks on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs at night. And the answer is supposed to be, you know, men, yeah, because right. you have a walking stick when you're old and whatever. Mm-hmm. And in this poem version, someone answers man, and the Sphinx blinds them because that's the wrong answer. Right. Because it's humans, like it's it's all persons. And the person goes, Well when I said man, I meant everyone. I thought everybody knew that and the Sphinx goes, Maybe not. Oh. And it's like this badass, like, feminist take on this riddle of the Sphinx where it's like, yeah, motherfucker, man maybe doesn't include everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, baby feminist Courtney was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally we've got one more snack. Snack. This is a, not to be confused with the demon snake, Apep. Okay. Um, Uraeus is a cobra symbolizing the ma- majesty of Egyptian pharaohs. So oh. if you think about like headdresses oh. and stuff, they often are depicted with, you know, We're the, both doing the thing. Yeah, the thing with their cobra. It's not a visual um, media. So Uraeus was associated with a now obscure goddess named Wadjet, who presided oh. over the fertility of the Nile Delta and Lower Egypt. Okay. And then in around the same time, a similar function was performed in Upper Egypt by another obscure goddess named Nekbet, who's oh. often depicted as a white vulture. Nice. So when Upper and Lower Egypt were unified around 3000 BCE. Depictions of both Uraeus and Nekbet were diplomatically incorporated into the royal headdress. Hmm. So they're known as like the two ladies. Gotcha. And so, so she's a good snack. What a good snack. Yeah. I'm Groot, y'all. Yeah, I'm Groot, y'all. <laughs> That's a bad snack. I, he, he doesn't need to come up to ancient Egypt, please. No, I mean, maybe he's just all for the ethical harvesting of diamonds. I mean, I am too, but I am not going to eat, eat people. people who don't do it. Eat. Well, that's where I you mean, fail. eat the rich. <laughs> eat the exploiters. Did you see the comment that Jesse left when I posted the picture of me at your school's career thing? No. So I was oh, like, I'm teaching, I'm teaching the kids, you know, how to eat their bosses. Ha ha, JK. I'm just talking to them, but whatever. Yeah. He commented, you should have given them uh, instructions to make a guillotine and recipes for pork. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I laughed hey. so hard. Hey. Anyway, anyway, what can you tell me about ancient Egypt? Nothing. I know nothing. nothing. This has been a spooky half gonna, hour. I'm just going to recite the plot of the mummy to you and see how long it takes you to notice. I mean, that's fine. I mean, like, 
one childhood me was fucking terrified of that shit. Like that. I mean, scared. I was very scared of it, but I did love Bre- Brendan Fraser. I love Brendan Fraser. The, the scene where he just like kisses her because he's like, I mean, I was gonna die. I mean, like, childhood me was like, this is the height of romance, even though obviously it's not. But I was like, this is the best. George of the Jungle. Yeah, that did it for you. I didn't like him in George of the Jungle. He was I too mean, goofy. Like I don't even remember watching George of the Jungle, but I just know that like. Brendan Fraser in a loincloth. Could get it. Could get it. <laughs> 90s Brendan Fraser in a loincloth could get it. See, whereas, like, 90s Rachel Vice, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be her. Because <laughs> she's, like, she's a fucking badass Rachel librarian. Rachel Vice can get it. I mean, yeah. A lot of people can get a it. A lot of people can get it. It's, you know. I just wanted to grow up to be her. Yep. What would Rachel Vice in the Money Me do? Isn't she married to somebody? She's married to I Christoph Daniel? Waltz. Christoph no, Daniel Craig. I thought, Daniel Craig. Say, I thought it was Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. That's right. Husband. Christoph Waltz can also get it. Yeah. In like a weird old man. Daniel color. Craig could not. Yes, she is married to Daniel Craig. Yeah, I don't Daniel, like Daniel I don't Craig. I don't like Daniel Craig. He doesn't have very much of a chin and it weirds me out. He just kind of looks pretty basic. He's a very basic white man. This has been Could They Get It with Courtney and Sasha. This is just going to be Let's just like the entire mummy cast. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. I liked the brother too. Fuck, what was his name? You know who I mean? Like, uh, her brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. John Hanna. John Hanna. Yeah, yeah. Um, who plays Jonathan. And there's a rom-com with Gwyneth Paltrow, and I still like it, which tells you how good the rest of it is, called Sliding Doors, and he's like the love interest in mm. that, and it's, it's quality. You know who else can get it? Hmm. The Rock. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Odin Fair, who plays the guy who's like, you can't fucks with my ancient culture. It's going to fuck you up. Yep. He could get it. Yep. 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 Look, <laughs> Our look, Patreon. Look at him. He's like so cute. Oh, look, look, look how happy he's he so is. Cute. Did you see that terrible movie, though? Scorpion King. No, it's I didn't. not good. We got it from my dad for Father's Day one yeah. year because we were like, he likes the mummy. This is a great choice. And it was not. And then we all watched it as a family. We were all like, oh, this was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But he's so adorable. Look at him. Look at that little baby. Anyway, can you smell what the rock is cooking? Because it's my wonder hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, let's bring, let's come back to ancient Egypt. So this episode's so hard to record. Why is it so hard to record? I don't It's because like we're, I feel like it's because both of us are interested in Egypt. So we're like, let's talk about. Egypt stuff, and then we're like, ooh, but the mummy is good, and part of why we love the mummy is because for me, the mummy and the Egypt unit in school coincided. Yeah. Because I was in Mm -hmm. fifth grade when the mummy came out, Mm -hmm. and that was when we did, that was when the school that I was in did Egypt, so I was like, this is everything. Like, I still have somewhere in my dad's house, they had us do paperweights that we painted a scarab beetle on, so you got like a flat rock and put red felt on the bottom, you painted it gold, and then you painted the scarab beetle on it, that's somewhere around my dad's house. We had, like, Egypt Day, where everybody brought in snacks, Mm -hmm. and that was when I learned that hummus is delicious. Yep. And you dressed up as the pharaoh you were, and I was obviously Hatshepsut, because I was like, boss-ass bitch, I had my little fake gold beard and everything. And, like, it was just legendary. I loved it. I knew all the canopic jar names and what went in which canopic jar. Like, mm-hmm. all that shit. So. Yeah, we had ours in third grade. And yeah. we had this, like, it was, like, ancient culture's, like, entire year. Yeah. And then, so we spent the entire year working on little projects, like, for every, like, ancient culture. And then they made 
the elementary school into a museum. Nice. And they had this, like, family night, and then for three weeks they kept it up so, like, the younger kids could go and look at it. Because yeah. at my school, the school only went up to third grade. Oh, gotcha. And so the third graders were, like, the big kids on campus, yeah. right? And so in the Egypt room, we had, like, a Nile River made out of, like, cellophane nice. and, like, tissue and stuff. Because, like, then the art classes, like, in your art class, you would make, like, the decorations and stuff for everything. Yeah. We made, you know those flat dolls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did those. We made those out of clay and baked them, fired them, glazed them and everything. Um, everything was, like, super interconnected with everything. Like, in the music department, we sang songs about, oh, like, each nice. of the cultures. So it was this very big scale, like, whole, whole school, every single subject that you did had something to do with ancient cultures. Nice. It was really cool. And that was, like, that blew my mind as a little kid. There's, like, photos somewhere of me in the ancient Egypt room, like, <laughs> posing, like, Will Smith in front of everything that we did. Yeah, my mom has pictures of me in my, like, Hatshepsut, like, get because I was like, yes. But, like, I'm lucky that I got any Egypt because I went to six different elementary schools. Right. You could have missed it I could have missed it entirely. I came very close because the school that I was in for fifth grade, I was only in that school for that year. Right. And then I changed schools again. So, like, I could have missed it. And that was the year we also did, like ancient Greece as a unit like all of my favorite historical shit was from that year and like we went to we did a field trip up to Philadelphia and we went to the Philadelphia Museum yeah and like saw because that was when they had I think was it Nefertiti Mm -hmm. they had somebody Mm -hmm. and I was just like oh my god this is so cool it was a good time to grow up in the 90s yeah like that's some good historical shit so let's talk about spooky historical shit So this is a ghost story from ancient Egypt. Oh, hell yeah. I was going to look up how to pronounce this name, and then I didn't. Where's Elizabeth when I need her? God damn it, Elizabeth. (laughs) Why aren't you just constantly hovering here? (laughs) Konsuamheb. Konsuamheb. That's what we're going to do. Konsuamheb and the ghost is a ghost story from the Ramesside period, which was 1186 BCE to 1077 BCE, Mm -hmm. although some scholars speculate that the origins of this particular ghost story are even older. And the reason why we know about it at all is because they found it on fragments of pottery. So they used Mm -hmm. to have a specific kind of pottery where people would, like, write stories Mm -hmm. down. And so some of those fragments survived, so they were able to literally piece together this very, very old ghost story. Basically... The beginning of the story is lost to time. That's on a broken piece of pottery that we mm. haven't come across yet. But basically, a random man had to spend the night next to a tomb in the Theban necropolis, but he wakes to find a ghost hanging out in the tomb. So the man's like, what the fuck? Right. And he goes to the high priest of Amun, who is the titular Heb, to get some help. Heb listens to the man's story, then goes up to the roof to call the gods and summon the ghost. Mm-hmm. When the ghost appears, Konsuamheb is like, what up, I'm Konsuamheb, and you are? And the ghost says, I am Nebusamech, son of Ankhmen and the lady Tamshas. In the hopes of calming the ghost, because he's very agitated, Mm -hmm. Konsuamheb promises to build him a new coffin called a Zisiphus if he will calm the fuck down and stop being an angry ghost. Jeez. But the ghost is like, no. Like pouty, pouty and just won't let he just completely ignores the offer. Mm-hmm. So Heb goes on a hunger strike to commiserate with the ghost. Basically, he's like, I see the conditions yeah. you are not living in, but ghosting in. So I'm going to deprive myself of food, water, sunlight, and fresh air so that I can understand yeah, what you're, you're going through yeah. and so that you know that I am completely serious about helping you. Right. But 
Uh, so the ghost sees this and the ghost is like, okay, maybe you're legit. So Nebusamek spills the beans about who he was when he was alive. Mm-hmm. He was a military official and treasuries overseer under Pharaoh Rahotep. So when he died, the Pharaoh made sure that he was shuttled off to the afterlife in style. He got the full canopic treatment, an alabaster sarcophagus, which Ooh. like, you fancy if you, you got fancy. you got that much alabaster in your whole fucking sarcophagus. And he got a giant tomb to keep all of his shit safe. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, as time went on, the tomb fell prey to the weather and part of it eventually collapsed. Okay. And then at that point, the wind could get in and so everything started eroding and that's mm. what woke Nebusamek's spirit from its eternal slumbers because mm. the conditions in his tomb mm-hmm. were now shitty and weathery. Right. And the ghost even explains away why he had trust issues and wouldn't just allow someone to help him. Right. It's because previous people who came across him and were like, oh fuck, it's a ghost, they all promised we'll rebuild your tomb and then they didn't. So oh, he's God. like, why the fuck would I believe any of why you fuckers? Why do I trust you? Yeah. Like, the, I have trust issues. I have trust issues, okay? And there's no undead therapist to help me work <laughs> oh. through them. So Konsuam Heb is an honest man. So he swears to the ghost that not only is he going to rebuild the tomb and yeah. grant him anything else that he desires, he will also send 10 of his personal servants daily to make offerings at the new tomb. But the ghost is still wallowing in despair and self-pity. And he's like, well, there's no point in you sending the servants because I know you're not going to build the tomb anyway. At this point in the story, we're out of pottery. (laughs) So we don't really... out of pottery. We don't super know what happens. So, like, a lot of the connective pottery tissue is missing. But from what they were able to literally piece together... Konsuam Heb, literally, sent three men to scope out a new place for the tomb. They find one, and Konsuam Heb immediately makes arrangements to get this tomb built. Yeah. And then, at this point, we are 100% out of pottery, but presumably the ghost is thrilled with his new digs, and he leaves everybody in peace so that he can just party in his tomb from then on. The end. And that's one of the world's oldest ghost stories. That's crazy. Isn't that bodice? Like, I like to think that, for sure, the ghost is happy now. Yeah. Like, I like to think that he's like, thank you. I appreciate what you have done. I'm going to go to sleep now. Thank you for taking the time to actually follow up with me. Yes. Thank you for taking the time to exercise the demon out of my spiritual plumbing. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you for not ghosting me. Thank you for not ghosting me, a ghost. That's my job. Like, I love that so much of the narrative structure is kind of like what we see with other ghost stories. It's like, the ghost is only here because something's gone wrong. And like, this one is old as fuck. Fuck, it's from like 3,000 years ago. I love it. Like, that's fucking bananas. I lose track of time after like three weeks, and this is from 3,000 fucking years ago. Egypt's so cool. Egypt's so cool. So cool. We're just going to call this episode Egypt's so cool. All right, you ready to talk about Sekhmet? Yes. Speaking of old AF shit, Sekhmet is a lion-headed warrior goddess and the goddess of healing. I love it. The daughter of Ra, she is also responsible for the desert as her breath is what formed it because, you know, sun goddess and she like breathed out and dried mm-hmm. all that shit up. So desert. But this cool cat, see what I did there? Ah, she literally has a lion head. Cat. This cool cat may also have a sinister backstory with spoopy overtures. She may be one of the first vampires of the world. Oh! Right? Yeah. When I, I texted Sasha that I was going to be doing this and I did not tell you why I was doing Sekhmet. I was just like, I'm doing Sekhmet. Don't read about Don't her. Don't read about her. Because she's a vampire. Though the word vampire is from the 1700s and obviously Sekhmet is like way the fuck older than that. She may have been one of the inspirations for all the vampire lore that would come. 
Basically, Sekhmet showed up on Earth when her father, Ra the Sun God, sent her to punish human betrayers. But Sekhmet soon got a little too intense about her mission mm-hmm. and started drinking the blood of all those who came across her path. Oh, God. Which is not a chill pastime. That's, no. Maybe don't do it. Seeing the danger this posed to humanity, Ra dyed the waters of the Nile red with pomegranate juice mm-hmm. and laced it with booze. In her bloodthirsty frenzy, Sekhmet drank the Nile, thinking it was just this big river of blood, and eventually she was subdued as the alcohol took hold. In another version of the tale, Sekhmet, because she is the goddess of war, in Mm -hmm. addition to all the other shit she's the goddess of, getting it done, she turned out to be a not-great person to have a thirst for blood, because she's the goddess of war, so she's kind of like, war all the time, I'm thirsty! Oh, no. It would become a problem because she would seek it out even in circumstances where there was no war to be had, peace times, everybody's getting along, and she's like, but I want blood. Give me the blood. Give me the blood. After one perceived slight against the gods, Sekhmet went on a rampage and was seeking out and systematically destroying all of humanity and drinking its blood. Ra intervened by, this may sound familiar, dyeing 7,000 jars of beer red with ochre, which Sekhmet mistakenly drank, probably thinking, oh, it's so convenient that they put all this human blood Blood in jars jars for me. Yummy, 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 yummy. And subsequently, she finally, she passed out. So, and there's a third version, but it was from a super unreputable website, like red text on a black background. It was called like, vampires, hoorah, or something like that. So super not reputable, but in their version, they didn't just lace her fake blood with booze. They also did, like, a hallucinogen. Oh. So then she drinks enough of it that she has, like, a change of heart. And she's like, I love humans. Look at what my hand is doing. No. Have you ever thought about bees? So they just, like, dosed her to get her to calm the fuck down. <laughs> or Have you ever thought about bees? <laughs> <laughs> that's my impression of someone who is, like, tripping balls oh on fake God. blood. <laughs> Bees. Have you ever thought about bees? Like, it's crazy. Have you considered bees? Counterpoint. Bees. Anyway, in a happier version of the tale, Sekhmet may also be the savior of humanity. Oh. So as some of you may know, as you may know because we all love fucking Egypt here, the Nile floods on a semi-regular basis, usually annually, and when it does, it often contains enough silt from the surrounding delta to dye it red. Oh. You can kind of see where this is going. When this happened in ancient times, the blood red water would threaten both crops and human lives because, you know, it would flood villages and people would drown. So she would drink it. So thus came a legend that Sekhmet the Bloodthirsty saw the Red Nile and was like, don't worry, fam, I got this, (laughs) and drank enough of it to prevent catastrophe. So people were like, fuck yeah, Sekhmet, drink that fucking Nile water. And like, even as recently as, I think 2016 was the last time the Nile flooded and was red. Mm. And it is like... When the Nile is red, it is fucking red. Like, I will show you a picture. We'll post it it's on the Instagram. It's not blood orange. No, shut up. It's fucking red. Like. Oh, it is red. It is red. Like, that was in 2016. You oh, could God. see it from space, and it's like. That's red. It's super red. Like, it looks like blood. So if you, say, don't have the technology to microscope and say, this isn't blood, this is just dirty water, you're going to be like, ooh, fuck. Why is the water <laughs> Why bleeding? is this happening? <laughs> What's happening? And this blood is killing us because we're drowning. So, oh, Sekhmet, maybe a nice lady That's who's like just like, I got fear. you. It was blood river. 
Yeah. Sekhmet's got you. You want to learn how to keep her happy? Yeah. Okay. Well, she has a close affiliation with the sun, which makes sense because she's Ra's daughter. Sure. She's a sun deity in her own right and was believed to represent the balance of good and evil. Good because she drank the Nile to protect people and help the sun do its thing. Mm-hmm. Evil because blood drinking is maybe not a chill way to spend your time. Right. She also was associated with fertility and considered a guiding force for menstrual cycles and pregnancy, which makes sense given her affinity for blood. Also, she was super unpredictable, and as I put in my notes, like menstrual cycles. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> she was equally likely to help you out as and protect you as she was to kill you and drink your blood. So you never knew what kind of mood you were going to get Sekhmet in. Hmm. Because maybe she was, like, more war goddessy that day, and she's just like, blood. Or maybe she's just like, oh, you have a little baby. That's so nice. Have a great day. (laughs) Here's some sunshine. Blood. Blood. (laughs) Blood. She may have actually even started out as Hathor, a chill daughter of Ra, before morphing into the bloodthirsty warrior crane. Which could be a a reflection of the concept that humanity started out all nice and innocent, and then quickly became corrupted and became more monster-like. Hmm. Given that her good qualities were very much in demand and even her bloodthirsty nature was handy during times of war, ancient Egyptians needed a way to placate her bloodthirstiness without always being at war to have blood to drink. To do this, they created a special pacifist festival that signified the end of every war. They would drink wine to symbolize blood and party to welcome the arrival of peace. Eventually, these pacification festivals became so popular as to welcome tens of thousands of of attendees from all across Egypt. Oh, good. At one point, they started being offered on a yearly basis to give Sekhmet a celebration and express gratitude that they were still alive. And these festivals were fucking lit. Uh Uh-oh. Like, they featured a ton of drinking because people Uh, were like, it's just for ceremonial purposes. I'm only going to have three bottles. And so people would get... Mommy doesn't get drunk. Mommy just has has fun. fun. Yes, they were all Linda Belchering all over this festival. They were all just like, wine time. Because, you know, sometimes... Time for wine. Time for wine. And also there was music, general liveliness, and frequently a ton of group sex. Even Herodotus, the Greek historian, Herodotus, Herodotus, mm-hmm. whatever, however you say it, yeah. he said, quote, more grape wine is consumed at this festival than in all the rest of the year besides. So there is Amazing. a historical account that this party was fucking lit. Amazing. As I put in my notes, though, still not as good as Thesmophoria. Sorry, Egypt. Bread dicks full of cheese always win. Bread dicks full of cheese. How can you beat it? With, even if it's just wine. Sekhmet has shown up indirectly in a bunch of... Why not blend them both? Wine and bread dicks full of cheese. Love it. We're going to have a pacifist thesmophoria. So we're going to drink a bunch of wine, and then we're going to have bread dicks full of cheese. Awesome. And it's going to be a fucking great party. Yes. (laughs) So lit. Sekhmet has shown up indirectly in a bunch of pop culture things, so you might not recognize her name, but you might recognize, like, versions of her. Mm -hmm. In Carl Vincent Vampire Hunter novels and comics, she shows up as a demigod vampire. Mm Mm-hmm. Anne Rice's Queen of the Damned, Akasha, is believed to have been inspired by Sekhmet, as Akasha hails from ancient Egypt. Oh. And that's Sekhmet, possibly the world's oldest vampire. I love her. She's badass, like... I wonder if the guys from What We Do in the Shadows know her. I like to think they do. Yeah. I saw spoilers for the episode that they tweeted uh, vaguely about. I'm not going to tell okay. you them, but oh my god, we gotta watch yeah, that we need fucking to watch show. Yeah, we watch that show. Oh my god. Ugh, Vampires. Watch what we do, the, do in the shadows, both on FX and the movie. So that's Egypt. Egypt. We did it. It's so dope. It's so, like, email us your, like, when did you learn about Egypt and how badass it is? 
And what are your favorite, like, bits of ancient mm-hmm. Egypt lore and mythology? Because there's some good shit. Yeah. I was just, there was some stuff in there that reminded me of the poem Ego Tripping by Nikki Giovanni. Yeah. Um, so the, the first half of the poem is, like, in Africa. So she says, I was born in the Congo. I walked to the Fertile Crescent and built the Sphinx. Hey. I designed a pyramid so tough that a star that only glows every 100 years falls into the center, giving divine perfect light. I am bad. I sat on the throne drinking nectar ne- nectar with Allah. I got hot and sent an ice age to Europe to cool my thirst. <laughs> my older daughter is Nefertiti. Hey. And the tears of my birth pains created the Nile. I am a beautiful woman. Yes. I gazed on the forest and burned out the Sahara Desert with a packet of goat's meat and a change of clothes. I crossed it in two hours. I'm a gazelle. So swift, so swift, you can't catch me. Uh, for birthday present when he was three, I gave my son Hannibal an elephant. He gave me Rome for Mother's Day. My strength flows ever on. That's and um, I can continue. I, yeah, yeah, no, keep yeah. going. My son Noah built the new ark, built new ark, and I stood proudly at the helm as we sailed on a soft summer's day. I turned myself into myself and was Jesus. Men intone my loving name. All praises, all praises. I am the one who would save. I sow diamonds in my backyard. My bowels deliver uranium, and the filings of my fingernails are semi-precious jewels. On a trip north, I caught a cold and blew my nose, giving oil to the Arab world. I'm so hip, even my errors are correct. I sailed west to reach east and had to round off the earth as I went. The hair from my head thinned and gold was laid across three continents. I am so perfect, so divine, so ethereal, so surreal. I cannot be comprehended except by uh, comprehended except by my permission. I mean, I can fly like a bird in the sky. Nice. And I'm just like I, I was thinking about all the different like li- like allusions to history, yeah. and I was just like as we were talking through that, I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. feel like part of that could be Sekhmet. Yeah, my vampire queen homegirl. Vampire queen homegirl, but also especially Nefertiti's Sphinx, the Nile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I mean, diamonds, the desert, the desert. Right? Yeah, yeah, the diamonds. That's that's our shout out to Groot slang. <laughs> I'm Groot, y'all. Awesome. <laughs> I heard you. I heard that hesitation, and in that hesitation, you said because I, I couldn't remember the word slang again. <laughs> what happened to my brain? I'm Groot, y'all. Groot, y'all. We're Groot, y'all. Thanks for listening. Check us out Instagram and Twitter at Spoop Hour. Hope you enjoyed our live stream for the cure. Yes, three days for, ago. Thanks for partying with us a couple days ago. Thanks for partying with us now. As always, email your spooky stories to spoophour at gmail.com. Please do. And have a great rest of your day. Ooh. Go read about Egypt some. Like it's dope, y'all. It's so dope. Groot slang. Do you like your history haunted? Then you'll love Macabre London a podcast hosted by me, Nikki Druce. Every fortnight, we uncover one of the forgotten stories of London's bloody past and get to the bottom of some more well-known gruesome tales. We've covered witchcraft in the form of the last witch trial held in World War II, found out what it was like to be a hangman in the Victorian times, and even dipped our toe into the paranormal by uncovering what really happened at the infamous Enfield haunting. So if you're interested in learning the gory, spooky and eerie history of the UK's capital city, then check out the show. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts app, Acast and all other podcast providers by searching for Macabre London. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E London. (laughs) I would spread for this hazelnut. Oh, Jesus. Gross. That is a lot grosser because nut. Yes. Yeah, you just... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Click here for X-rated content. Oh. Put it behind a paywall. <laughs>
Our Patreon. Yes. <laughs> when that gets up and running. Yeah. This is how they find out. 